Hello, everyone. How are you today? It's been a while, guys. I'm not going to lie. It's been a while. I apologize. We already missed an update on one USA game. So this episode is actually going to have two USA games in it because I have been slacking. I apologize. I'm getting used to this thing. So starting off with our first subject, we're going to play catch up here. It's going to be USA versus Guyana in the 2019 Gold Cup. Everyone was kind of nervous. Um, to Well, okay, to an extent. Nervous as in the performance, not the result. Everyone expected the USA to win, as we should win. It's fucking Guyana. But the result, I know that there was several people who thought we'd get out with like a 1-0, 2-0, 2-1 result against Guyana, which would be effing awful. Awful. Just terrible. Thankfully, though, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't much better, but it wasn't that bad. It finished 4-0. Thanks to Paul Ariola, 28th minute. Pretty pretty good goal. Uh, and also good for him, considering that he's come under a little bit of criticism, not nearly as much as, obviously, Bradley or Zardes or uh, Omar Gonzalez or even Josie Altidore. But for, I would say, the the MLS uh, players, he's one of the more heavily criticized, especially for our, our non-defender options. So I'm glad he got one. Tyler Boyd, the new boy, who I said last episode, super stoked to see him. I had confidence in him. Granted, mostly just highlights, but you could tell from technique and whatever that he he was going to do well. Uh, not to mention, he's actually been linked with several of the big boys in Turkey. So, obviously, he was more than just hype. So, he got a double. And then, Yasi got the fucking funniest fucking goal I think I've ever seen. He hit a ball off of his face. Like, it deflected and hit off of his face into the goal. Like, the most Gyasi of goals. It was effing hilarious, guys. <laughs> like, I can't even be mad about Gyasi being in the fucking starting lineup when he scores shit like that. Like, it's just hilarious. Next up, we got the midfielders. We got Pulisic, Bradley, McKinney. Um, Bradley was, for some reason, getting a lot of praise. I don't know why it's it's fucking guiana you know if why why are we praising him mckinney had a better game than he normally does he did get injured uh which which was a concern i guess we know now because it's coming out late that uh it was just a cramp so nothing huge uh just a cramp and then polisic was okay. I'm glad he kind of tapered off towards the end. Because uh, the first 20-30 minutes, he tried to play hero ball and just dribble through the whole team uh, to see if he could create something, which is like, you know, thanks, bro. But at the same time, it's like, 
you know, you gotta the whole teach a man to fish uh, thing. I think applies there is he needs to not be so overly reliant on his dribbling ability because especially against higher quality teams, he won't be able to do that. So learning the baby steps and how to make the system actually work against a lower quality team is necessary. So I'm glad he kind of, he kind of cut that out towards once the game got going. Um, Tyler Boyd, fucking amazing. Ah, okay, I'm kind of overhyping him a little bit. But he was very good. I think the thing that he helps with the most is he can create his own shot. That's to steal a basketball term. He um, really brought some life to the wing. Uh, he was able to cut in almost at will, which granted it's Guiana again. Take the whole podcast with a grain of salt, but um, at least this segment. He cut in frequently, and he was also open to taking a shit ton of shots. Two of them he made, you know. one The first one was beautiful. Went through the fucking guy's legs and then su just surprised the goalie because he thought that the guy blocked it, but he didn't. So super happy with Boyd's performance. Uh, what a way to make a debut for your the new national team. Zardes, not even going to comment on. He had a face goal that nullifies his performance, bad or good. That's all he gets out of it. Uh, Ariola had a good uh, performance as well. Had a goal, but also just was dangerous. He had a really it seemed to have a really good chemistry with not only. Uh, Christian Pulisic, they were working on switching in and out, uh, kind of tearing open that defense a little bit. But also, he seemed to have a good chemistry with Tyler Boyd on the other side of the field, uh, which is nice to see because, a lot, like I said, Ariola has gotten some shit, um, which I don't think is warranted. I think he's performed well in just about every game other than these last two. Every other game he's played for Burhalter, he's played well, in my opinion. But seeing the results 4-0, I think it's a good step. I would say that I'm kind of worried that it was only 4-0. But at the same time, that's me just complaining. Um, it's a process. It's going to take some time for the players to get used to the system. So I'm glad that um, they are getting the hang of it. And honestly, I'm glad that Guiana was the first opponent because that way it allows for mistakes because Guiana... No offense to Guiana, but are, in my opinion, don't have the quality uh, necessarily to punish every single mistake or even most of the mistakes. Uh, so the players would be able to to make mistakes and not be afraid of losing the game for the U.S. Um, I think it's also a relief for Greg because... Imagine if we lost this fucking game. Like, oh my god. There would be riots. There would be fucking riots. Lord have mercy. So it's it's also a, a relief for him, I believe. He feels a little more vindicated. But I think it's also a good win for the fans. 
not because it was a 4-0 game, because that's kind of lame as Guyana, but because fans can clearly see the progress being made in the system, the quote-unquote system, TM. Which is probably the most encouraging thing that we've seen from the national team since we didn't qualify for the World Cup. So, on to the next game. So, next up we have, because I messed up, sorry guys. We have the United States versus Trinidad and Tobago. Ooh, revenge match. Or, I mean, it's kind of conflicted actually. A lot of the media and the coach said, this is not a revenge match. This is just another, another game that we need to focus on. Which, A, I find disheartening. Because it means a lot to the fans, most fans, to play Trinidad and Tobago because of what happened with the World Cup. But also, it seems kind of PC and, and fake and, you know, corporate speak to say that as well. Like, what what is wrong with saying that it's a revenge match? Does that make you guys look weaker than not fucking qualifying for the World Cup? You know, I mean, it's... It's a little disappointing. It's not the biggest thing in the world, and I'm nitpicking here, but it is kind of annoying. It's like, no, this this game does matter. It's not just another game. It's fucking Trinidad and Tobago. We fucking lost to them. This is, this needs to be a statement game. You know, and they're making it seem... Thankfully, um, it wasn't just me or the uh, some other fans going crazy, because I've seen this as well. It's not just me. I promise I'm not crazy. But... Um, after the game, Christian Pulisic said that he did have, he felt like he had a chip on his shoulder for this game, which is like, bro, bro, thank you. See, it's not just me. It's not just, you know, Billy Bob Joe. This, this fucking game does mean something. It is a fucking statement match. And boy, did we make a fucking statement. Six fucking zero. Six fucking zero to Trinidad and Tobago. Which, granted, Trinidad and Tobago is Trinidad and Tobago. You know? And they don't even have their full roster. They have most of their starters, but not all of them. You know, granted, neither do we. But anyways... <coughs> the other thing that's cool about it is... The first half... It seemed like it was going to be a shitty game. Only one goal and not until the 41st minute by Aaron Long. Very good cross by Christian Pulisic, but even better positioning, I think, by Aaron Long because it was right after a corner. He could have, he should, technically he should have gone back to get in position to defend, but he stayed up there just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. And he was there to put in the header. Which, thankfully, Christian Pulisic not only had the quality to give him, but also the vision to see him. But other than that, pretty pretty boring first half. Kind of, I wouldn't say boring, actually. I changed that. I would say n- tense, because as spectators, you could see the U.S. tried tried to figure it out. They were they were working on it. It looked better than it did yesterday. I think that also helps uh, Aaron Long's goal. I think 
really gotten into the heads of the defense of Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, not to mention that their goalie, Phillip, uh, was fucking good, man. He had a great game. Uh, I hope his agent is showing highlights of that game. He had a very good game. Um, <clears throat> now for the lineup. Zach Steffen again, again, working on caps. Uh, but also, he's the best candidate. Uh, center backs again, Zimmerman and Long. Disappointed that Miazga didn't start. But at this point, it's whatever. I mean, we got the win. Tim Ream wasn't horrendous. He was pretty average. Uh, nothing too bad to talk about, which... I guess isn't a isn't a bad thing, but at the same time, it's not exactly a good thing either. You know, especially as a fullback, not even a center back. If if it's a fullback, I guess you could kind of see why they have a quieter game. But if it's a fullback, he could make some passes or two. You know, from what I know, if he only had a pass that released Polisic for the for Giassi's, uh second goal, we'll get to that in a minute. Um. Ringim and Lima again on the, the fullback positions. <clears throat> Bradley uh, starting again. McKenny Polisic starting again. Pretty much the, it is the same lineup as as the Guiana game. Uh, I think the difference though is is the subs, but also the way that they played. So quote unquote the listing says a four one four one, but really it was more like a four two three one where Polisic was playing his 10 role, and McKinney actually dropped deeper to play next to Bradley uh, because it also pulled out some defenders from the Trinidad and Tobago so they couldn't set such a low block. And Boyd, I'm actually kind of disappointed. He didn't have a bad game necessarily, but he was not as effective as I thought he would be because it's not a coincidence. In my opinion, it's not a coincidence. That as soon as he gets subbed out, pretty much, as soon as he gets subbed out, we score five fucking goals. Like, really? Five? As soon as he gets subbed out. Five. All thanks to fucking Jordan Morris. Well, not all thanks, but he had two d direct... Free kick, uh, not free kicks, assists. That were were in that. He was replaced in the 61st minute. Okay, we don't get our first, or I guess the second goal until the 66th. So five minutes after, he gets a fucking assist. You know, as much as I I love to hate on Jordan Morris, because. I don't like his attitude. We'll get, we'll get into the in this to another episode, but I don't like his attitude, and I think he's overrated. But he was effective, you know. You got to give the man props. He was effective. So Gyasi scores first goal, his first goal, sixty sixth minute, with an assist from Jordan Morris. After that, it's an assist from Christian Pulisic. You know, sixty ninth minute. Already told you guys about that one. It's actually a pretty, pretty good uh, bending shot to the the far post. 
pretty pretty good. Hate to say that because it's gassy, but like I said, you're the man props and he deserves it. Then we score again in the 73rd minute. You see, you see how fast these goals are coming? Like, good lord. They just floodgates opened. 73rd minute. On the ground, honestly, I don't know how he made that shot either. He was like two feet from the goalie. I don't know how he made it. He kept it low to the ground, but even then, it's like, how does the goalie not save that? Especially because he was having a good game. Paul Ariola scores his first. 78th minute. And then it's not until the 90th minute that Aaron Long scores his second goal with his chest, oddly enough. So, I mean, overall, uh, good good game. Um, I wouldn't say it was an amazing game because there were flaws, and it is only Trinidad and Tobago without their full team. But it's certainly... Um, an improvement. I think we can start to see the players getting some chemistry, not only with themselves, but with the system to see what they should be looking for, when they should be doing this, when they should be doing that, uh, how they should be doing this, how they should be doing that, uh, communication, etc., etc. I think it's slowly, but it is starting to come together. And I think uh, we can be really excited for the rest of this tournament. I don't see us... Um, Bombing out, I guess I would say. Uh, next game is against Panama. That'll be Wednesday, June 26th in KC. Um, I have high hopes for it, but I think Panama is a level above Trinidad. Uh, Trinidad is level on us with points, not goal difference. Um, so unless they beat us by 6-0, we are safe for first place. Or actually, I guess if they beat us, when they'll make first place. But if as long as we don't lose, we got first place in the bag, which is good for placing. Though at the same time, we shouldn't really have to worry about that because if we play like we can, Mexico is the only team we really got to worry about. And even then, it's a eh, kinda because Mexico is weak as shit this year. No Chicharito, no uh, Tecatito, no Lozano, no Vela. I'm missing someone else. But they're, they're, they're missing a bunch of starters. A bunch. So I, I'm confident. I was saying finals. But now that I've seen that we are making progress and now that I've seen that Mexico... Barely beat Mar Martinique. Uh, I'm starting to think, you know what? Maybe we can do it this year. Maybe we can. As for the stats for the Trinidad-Tobago game, USA, 66% possession. Trinidad, 34. So better than the Guiana game. Better. Not much, but better. And I think, honestly, it's more in line with what it should be. I want to try, since we're a possession team, trying to be a possession team. I want to try and get that up to 70 for someone, the quality of Trinidad or the quality of Guiana. I want to try and get it up to 70 and keep it there for those kinds of teams that we should be beating by multiple goals. When it comes to a team like Mexico, I think is a different case or even a team like 
Costa Rica or Canada even. I, I think those games will be closer, but when it comes to teams like like this that I would say are C tier, um, I th- I think that we should be able to get seventy percent possession. Goal wise, technically not better, but it seems better. Uh, twenty seven total, twelve on goal, so both are technically up. So it really doesn't change percentage wise from. Guiana much, but I think the chances were a lot better uh, this game because, like I said last game, they weren't just shooting long shots. Uh, but this game, they really weren't. And we hit the post several times. I believe it was four times. You know, so really that could be 16. I hate how they don't count that. But it, it was much better this time. And if Gassi wasn't in there, honestly, even though he scored two, even though he scored two, he I think if if Josh Sargent starts or if Josie Altidore starts, guarantee you, guarantee you they both score two, or at the or at the very least, and if if not three or four, that's that's how bad Gassi was. You know, I'm not gonna to bag on him this episode because he did get two goals, even though the. <laughs> They weren't that great. Well, the second one was pretty good, but the other one wasn't that great. Anyways, uh, Trinidad had nine shots, three on goal, which, by the way, were very good shots, I might add. Stefan uh, was not letting the inactivity get to him, which makes you super confident going into the future. He had several good saves. Um from on Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, McKenney did get a yellow card later on. There was a little ticky tack foul, uh, that involves Zardes. One of the Trinidad players overreacted, started shoving. Weston McKinney comes over and is like, Hey motherfucker, this is my teammate. You back the fuck up, which I fucking loved. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's do this, baby. You want to go? Let's go. I, I just love when teams have have those players that not only stand up for their teammates, but also they're they're willing to say, hey, F you. You want to fight? Let's fight. Come at me. You know, it's, it's, it's the same reason why I like Matt Miazga is Diego Linus thought he was the shit, and Miazga was like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. You ain't shit, motherfucker. <laughs> which I love. It adds that extra passion to the game, which I think is also um, a reason, not just Morris. I think because it happened <clears throat> roughly the same time as when Morris came in. Roughly. That card was um, the 58th minute. So just a little bit before which makes me super happy. So uh, Morris came in three minutes later. That's that's pretty good. I think those two events coincided enough that it made a huge difference for the, the mentality of the team. It wasn't just, you know, let's attack, let's win, whatever, yada, yada. It was, uh, yeah, I'm pumped. Let's fucking kill them. Just got the testosterone going, I think, is what it did. 
Uh, and the one thing I was disappointed about, though, was no one else seemed to come over, at least, at least very quickly. It was really just Weston, Hoffman's artist out there, which is pretty disappointing. Granted, I don't think, you know, Pulisic could do anything. Ariola seems like he's pretty strong. I feel like he could do something. Boyd doesn't seem like he, he could do much. Um, I'm kind of disappointed Michael didn't get in there. He being the veteran. And I'm also very disappointed that the A Lolo and Aaron Long, that's his Instagram name. A Lolo and Zimmerman didn't get involved. They're our bigger guys. And they're also not kids. Like, get in there, guys. Come on. You can get a yellow. There's no wrong, nothing wrong with that. It's early in the tournament. <sighs> So that was a little disappointing, but other than that, pretty good game. Uh, it was it was fun to, to watch a USMNT game for the first time in a while. <laughs> in a while, it's it's been a hot minute since I could say that it's been fun to watch a USMNT game. Uh, as I said before, the next game is going to be Wednesday, June twenty sixth. I'm hoping against Panama. I'm hoping that it will lead to a lot of rotation because it's the last game before the group stages or before the knockout stages. Um so I'm hoping that there's some rotation, some rest. I hope that I'm some people are saying that the whole lineup except for Stefan has changed. I'm hoping it's not quite that drastic. I'm hoping it's just little tweaks like take out Polisic, fine. Or not even take him out actually. I I take that back. Just sub him out early at like the 60th minute or some shit like that. Take out Bradley. Take out Zardes. Take out Boyd. I kind of want to keep McKinney in there. Take out Reem. Move long over. You know, do a little more experimentation. I wouldn't say take the whole shebang out. Because I do want to see Matt Miazga. And I do want I want to see Jonathan Lewis, honestly. I'm okay. Putting him Ariola back on the right uh, for Boyd, or or we put Ariola in the middle in for Pulisic because he's played there a little bit for uh, DC United. Granted, he's not as good in the middle; he's more of a shuttler when he's in the middle, which I'm fine with. I'm I'm fine. He doesn't need to be, you know, some fucking Ozil. Real Madrid days when he's he's in the middle. He just needs to get the job done. So I'm okay if he's not, you know, incredible in the middle. Just that he can play there and we get some rotation. But those are really the main two that I want is Matt Miazga, Jonathan Lewis. I'm okay with Will Trap coming in for Bradley just because I want Bradley to get some rest because I don't want Will Trap to play once the games start getting serious. And kind of the same with Mihailovic. Granted, it's a little harsh because he really was only bad against Venezuela. Uh, in the January camp, he was pretty good, actually. He was one of the, the people who did really, really well. I don't know. I'm just kind of scared of that performance. Uh, but that's what I'm hoping for. On to the next subject. All right, guys, now that we've caught up with the two USA soccer games, it's time for...
for the NBA draft. Um, kind of a boring draft this year, to be honest with you. It's not there wasn't that many um monkey wrenches, I guess is what I would say. Um, everyone pretty much knew where everyone was gonna go. And the the highly rated prospects, well, there was like three, maybe four, I guess, if you count Cameron Cam Reddish. But I'm just gonna read you the top fifteen. Yeah, we'll we'll just go lottery after the top. Well, no, I like fifteen, so we'll go top fifteen. So here it is: Pelicans draft Zion Williamson. Everybody knew it was gonna happen. No surprises, literally none. Though actually, my friend was saying that uh, Zion was actually, if the the Pels wanted to draft him, he was actually going to renege on the draft and go overseas until <laughs> until he someone else could would pick him, which I find hilarious. Obviously, he's not that dumb. Um, Grizzlies drafted John Morant. Again, no surprises. Everybody knew they, they were going to draft him. That's why they traded Mike Conley. Huge news there. They traded Mike Conley, the epitome of the grit and grind basketball. He's been with them for years. And I kind of feel bad for him, to be honest, because guess where he got traded? The Utah Jazz. Really? I mean, I... I guess it's different from soccer where you don't get to pick. The players don't get to pick. So that's part of it, I'm sure. But I just kind of feel bad for Mike Conley because he's not going to do shit in Salt Lake. Like, they got a solid team, but they don't have a championship team. It is not a championship team. I like the Stifle Tower. Donovan Mitchell's okay. I think he's kind of overrated, but... He's not a bad player, and he's not a bad guy. Like, I don't have any issues with him. I more of have issues with his fans. I think they're overrating him. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. Next up was the Knicks pick, which a lot of people said they were going to trade. So I'm kind of surprised that they kept it because they picked R.J. Barrett, as they should have, the next best draft prospect. But at the same time, it's like, he's not that good. Like, he's definitely below John Morant and Zion Williamson. It's not like he's another epic talent, you know? I don't know. I figured they would trade him. Apparently, Knicks are going to Nick. Whatever. So, number four, uh, the Lakers... Drafted DeAndre Hunter. But this pick was actually traded to the Pelicans for, as I said last episode, for the uh, in the AD trade, Anthony Davis trade. And so they, the Pelicans, actually traded that pick to the Hawks. So DeAndre Hunter will be going to the Hawks. Which... Thinking of their team composition, um, I was going to do a separate one. or I was going to do uh, transfers next, but I guess we can do it now. Uh, the Hawks actually just recently traded uh, Kent Bazemore for Evan Turner. So I wonder if that's them clearing up their 
shooting guard, small forward spot, so that they can use DeAndre Hunter more. Because he's he's mainly a, just a defender. He doesn't have much of a shot. I don't think he's quite like as bad as Tony Allen. You know, I'm not saying that, but uh, not not much going for him. Now, when I was watching the draft, the Cavaliers drafted fifth. They drafted Darius Garland. They the commentators were saying that Cleveland is going after a Portland theme with Sexton and Garland, which I don't understand at all. Sexton ha- does not have a shot. Where are they getting this this Dame CJ thing? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I mean, okay, uh, sure. I don't know where they got that from. I don't understand that, but whatever. Next up, uh, Jarrett Culver. He was drafted by the Suns, quote-unquote, but the, he's actually going to go to the Timberwolves because they traded for the pick, uh, which I don't really have anything to say. I mean, meh. Pretty much everyone after this, I don't really have much to say because none of them are going to be outstanding prospects. Um. Uh, it was pretty much just the top two. I guess the top three, they were going to be good prospects. Everyone else is pretty meh. There might be a few who, I mean, there will be. Somebody will defy expectations. It happens every year. Somebody will. They might not be now. They might be in the second round. But somebody will defy expectations. Uh, but yeah, nothing much to say. Whatever. I don't think it helps them at all. I don't know why the Timberwolves are so concerned with that pick, but okay. Uh, Bulls drafted Kobe White. Again. Huh? Okay. Um, I think the reason they, they drafted Kobe White is because they traded Chris Dunn. Which I don't understand why they traded Chris Dunn, but whatever. Do you, boo boo? Um, <clears throat> Hawks, number eight pick, drafted Jackson Hayes, who the, that pick was traded to the Pelicans, which I think is just the Pelicans trying to get some depth because God knows they don't have any. Uh, Wizards, number nine, drafted Rui Hachimura, the first uh, Japanese player to be drafted in the lottery. Actually, the first round in general, but also the, the lottery. Which I actually think was a good pick. He's improved very steadily at Gonzaga. I don't think he's going to be amazing. But if he can even be, you know, just a solid starter, this will be a good pick. Nine is, after I would say pick five, it's pretty hard to hit good talent. So if they can get Rui Hachimura to even be a solid player, um, like a, a Jeremy Lin at Brooklyn, kind of player like solid just not as injury prone please god not as injury prone um but if they can get him to hit it'll it'll be a decent pick i like him i'm also impart impartial i'm sorry (laughs) i'm not impartial because i like japan so i've known about him for actually for a while uh meh to okay 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 
Number 10, this was kind of a surprise because Cam Reddish was actually highly rated before uh, college started. But he fell all the way to number 10. Some were saying that it was a little bit because of attitude and some just because of the way that the season went with athleticism and defense and all those factors mixing in that he just wasn't worth a higher pick. So Hawks may have gotten a steal on that one. I don't know. It might end up being like a Nuggets with the Porter situation. Uh, Number 11, Timberwolves drafted Cameron Johnson, trading him to the Suns. Again, nobody gives a shit. (laughs) It's not going to do anything. Uh, Number 12, Hornets drafted P.J. Washington. I don't know why. Really, Hornets? This is why Kemba's going to leave. Son of a bitch, get your shit together. Jesus. Fucking Hornets, man. Number 13, uh, the Heat drafted Tyler Harrow, who's basically a new age J.J. Redick. Kind of surprised that the Heat drafted him when they're not even close to being championship contenders. That's the pretty much the only reason you need Kyle Korver or J.J. Redick is when you need a you know some bench depth. But whatever, I guess. Uh, Celtics drafted Romeo Langford. Meh. Meh. And number 15, the one we're going to end it with, is uh, Seiko Dumbuya, who's a foreign prospect from France. I actually am pretty interested. I wouldn't say hyped, but interested, because he's been a highly rated prospect as international prospect for a a while like for the last three years probably because he just uh, he's just picked it up when um when he was 12 or 13 and he went pro at 15 like jesus christ this kid went pro that fast and for some of you that, that don't know it's not that easy it's not that france sucks at basketball they have good basketball leagues uh, that's where a bunch of players in the NBA have come from. You know, Evan Fournier, Tony Parker, Rudy Gobert, uh, nah, what's his name? Batum. For some reason, I want to say Rudy Batum. Is it Nick Batum? I don't know. Batum. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, a bunch of good players. Honestly, I think more than any other country. Because honestly, even Fran- uh, Spain used to be the powerhouse, but even they're struggling right now. The Gasols are old as dirt. Uh, Rubio has never really been what everyone thought he would be. And uh, Abrines was supposed to be the other one that, w- that was good, but he hadn't been shit either. So I think France is honestly the next best country in the world when it comes to basketball. I mean, hit up my Twitter if you think I'm wrong, but... I can't think of anyone who'd be better right now. Maybe Slovenia. I just don't feel like they have enough overall talents. My boy Luka Doncic is on the team, yes. And Dragic is on the team too, which, yes, makes them good. Probably the be- the best international uh, backcourt. But other their, their frontcourt, though, and their bench is meh. It too, too, eh. 
So, yeah, uh, that was the draft. Pretty disappointing, to be honest. I mean, not much. There was a lot of trades later on, uh, but nothing I'm too concerned with. Uh, some other noticeable trades that didn't involve, you know, players. Uh, I already said Portland traded Evan Turner for Kent Bazemore straight up, which basically just shifts around money, not too much else. Um, it's not like either one is going to be able to sign a max player now. It just shifted around a few million, and Bazemore's contract ends sooner. Uh, Washington received Jonathan Simmons. John Luer went to the Bucks for Tony Snell, which kind of makes me sad. I liked Tony Snell at the Bucks. I don't know why they, maybe he asked for a trade. I don't know. I don't know why they would just trade him. I thought he was a good fit, but whatever, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> that is going to be all for this episode. I will get back on the horse uh, and try and be more consistent with this, guys. I No, no, no. I will be more consistent with this. I have my first politics episode coming out here soon within within the next week it's about uh this whole feminism shit and how it's fucking shit up Uh, so with that i'm gonna go guys have a wonderful day